and welcome to today's show. On today's show, we're going to discuss school influences on student achievement. And you may be thinking to yourself, what in the blue moon of Kentucky does the physical school have to do with student achievement? Well, you know what? It's not about the building. It's about the people that live within that building most of their days. Listen, there are many influences on student achievement, but there are some super-duper high-yielding research-based strategies that you could employ, that the school as, a, as an entity can employ to enhance, to engage, to push that needle. Now, not to push the needle. We're going to blow up that needle. Look, when you want students, look, do you want students tiptoeing past the finish line? You want them like blasting through it. Now, I'm going to hit you up with some strategies straight up from the godfather of research, educational research, educational guru of research, John Hattie. Let's check it before we wreck it. Let's start out with some things that, you know what, stink up the joint. Now, these are some employments. These are some facts that, you know what, no one can avoid. But uh, suspension, that's not going to cut it in the 21st century. And I'm just going to tell you why, because the research proves it. Now, these file underneath the category other school factors, but suspension or expelling of students, that puts a child at a disadvantage of negative 20% compared to the control or the prototypical quote-unquote ha-ha funny-funny average child. Now, so what else should we watch out for? Well, you know, people, they complain about the summer effect, the summer vacation effect, where students come in to the new school year groggy and there's a summer slide because they haven't been practicing they haven't been utilizing those things they learned in the previous grade level they haven't been reading over the summer but you know what there's not much of a slide and, I, and i'm just gonna be honest with you as just a general effect of a student returning to a brand new school year suffering from the summer vacation slide the summer vacation effect that's only negative two percent of a disadvantage it's not that much compared to suspension and expelling of students. Now, we need to be mindful that, you know what? There are some schools that have a culture that is one of greatness. Now, and, and I'm, I'm not going to kick it old school on you, but you know what? Growth mindset's been around a long time. And I'm just going to be honest with you because it's a, it, it's a frame of mind. It's, a, it's, a, it's an attitude, not necessarily an aptitude. You know what one of the biggest research-based school influences, or any influence for that matter, on school achievement? Collective teacher efficacy. What am I talking about? You can't have bad teachers teaching, and they have to be weeded out. And I know that sounds crass and cruel, but that's a fact, Jack. Bad teachers lead to bad achievement. That's a fact. That's, that's not even, that's not even a, a point of contention. Collective teacher efficacy. I'm talking group Group think. If you have a collection of talent that has been cultivated, that has been raised up, the leadership within each and every teacher in the building has been cultivated and it is in the process of cultivation through the process of professional learning communities, through the process of professional learning outside of the school, outside of the district, sometimes even outside of the state, sometimes outside of the box, if you know what I'm saying. 157% is an advantage that students have within a school where there is an acceptable and, a, and one that's praiseworthy, a collective teacher efficacy. 
Now, you may be thinking to yourself, how in the world do you measure that? Well, good teachers <laughs> lead to good achievement. Bad teachers, well, you know what, leads to toilet achievement. I'm just gonna lay it out there for you. So, what else could we see at a school that is an influence on student achievement? Well, let's take a look real quick. School size. I think this is uh, something that has been looked at by legislators all around the country. Now, school size ranging from 600 students to 900 students. Now, if, if you have a size that is no bigger and no smaller than that, you're looking at approximately a 43% advantage for each student in that school. Now, I would like to think that smaller schools probably have a higher yield in achievement because the teacher to student ratio is, is one that makes that teacher much more readily available to those students. Now, let's talk right now. So what can a good principal and a good school leader, what kind of effect can they have on student achievement just by being there? Now, I, you could be a body in a suit, but the fact of the matter is, that's the lead learner, by God. That, that is the standard of excellence when it comes to education. 32% of an advantage. When you have a good principal, a good leader, good school leader who has vision, 32%. School climate, you know, there's no secret why all of these surveys that are mandated by districts, by states, they're, they're really honing in on school climate. Why? Because if the culture is doo-doo, the student achievement's gonna be doo-doo. I'm just gonna lay it out there for you. When the teachers hate being there, guess who's gonna hate being there too? Students and the stakeholders. Why? Because enthusiasm is contagious. So is a bad attitude. Negative Nancy's, a cold water committee, needs to steer clear of them. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, let's get fresh and fruity with it. Let's hypothesize for a second. What if we had a single-sex school? I'm talking like a gender-specific, and I know we have to be very, very careful in the 21st century in identifying gender, but a, a single-sex gender school in the 21st century. I'm not even sure if that's legal, <laughs> but it doesn't have much of an effect on a student achievement. Only an 8% advantage. So that's something that you don't see that, and I, I'm not even certain of the legality of it, but it, it does not have a high yield for achievement, student achievement specifically. All right, let's take a look. So let's, let's look at external accountability systems. That's your accreditation systems. Those are, that's your SACS committee. That's your, that's the, that's the ex external audit. That's people coming outside that are third party that appraise, evaluate, synthesize. What is happening in a school district? What is happening with the, stu with the students? What is happening with the teachers? What is happening with the leaders? And you know what? When you have an external accountability system that gives the students in that school an advantage of 31%. Now, with all the debate, the raging debate about the autonomy that charter schools, I'm not talking about charter systems, charter schools, what they have to offer, you hear a lot of legislators, um, particularly leaning on the right, they're, they're trying to advocate for school choice, where we give, where public education shouldn't be so public. Stu uh, parents of economically disadvantaged places should have access to a school of their choice. Now, you, this is in the 21st century, we have schools that are uh, college and career magnets, 
They focus on a particular skill, whether they call it a leadership academy, etc. Now, charter schools in its entirety does not have a high yield on student achievement, only 9% of an advantage. And that's noteworthy just because of all the hoopla that we hear about charter schools. Is it effective? Well, you tell me. It doesn't, it doesn't move the needle forward. 9% of an advantage, okay? Desegregation, whoop whoop. Talking about the 1960s Civil Rights Act. You gotta understand that, <laughs> look, separate but equal, that ain't gonna happen. That's not gonna work because it's not research-based. When students don't have to worry about the color of their skin, but the content of their character, and they can show up at a public facility and not have to worry about an impediment to their instruction because of that color of their skin, they can have a 28% advantage on their student achievement. That is very, very noteworthy. Now, I wanna kinda of piggyback on something I mentioned earlier about charter schools. Though charter schools has only a 9% advantage to offer students, if you think about it, something else I mentioned, school choice programs, that is only a 12% advantage that, that you could expect for the students. Now, summer school, some people love it, some people hate it. Kids especially hate it. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Summer school is advantageous to a lot of the stakeholders. I mean, we're talking the administration, it keeps them accountable, keeps them in the loop, and it, it keeps consistency with the students, especially those that are struggling, especially those who are socio socioeconomically deprived or deficient. Now, uh, if you have a diverse student body, now what I'm talking about, you have a wide spectrum of learners. We have accelerated learners, we have remediated learners. Now, if you have a diverse student body, that is a 10% advantage. So, you know what? We may be different. If we're a 96 pack of Crayola crayons, which is one of my favorite things on the face of this earth, that's a beautiful thing. And research ordains it. <laughs> so, you need to understand that a school in its entirety, not the physical school, but the people, the culture, the climate within it, can have a massive effect on student achievement. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode. Peace!